It is Friday the 20th of March and this is the Monocle Minute today. Monocle's Andrew Muller looks back at the things we know today that we didn't know last week. Then, as music festivals around the world get cancelled, a collective of record labels and artists in Portugal puts together a music festival from home. And a dispatch from New York City and the normals of life during this pandemic. I am Marcus Hippie in London. The Monocle Minute starts now. Let's start today's programme with a look at what we learned in the past seven days. Here is our contributing editor, Andrew Muller. We learned this week at least the beginnings of how the COVID-19 outbreak is going to disrupt our lives. Around the world, skies have emptied of planes, roads of cars, streets of people, schools of students, workplaces of workers. French President Emmanuel Macron went so far in an address to a nation which has living memory of occupation by a malign invader, and therefore does not chuck this rhetoric around lightly, as to say that his country was now at war. Une fois encore, j'en appelle à votre sens des responsabilités et de la solidarité. Dans ce contexte, après avoir consulté le président du Sénat, le président de l'Assemblée nationale, We learn something of how rough this is going to be economically. All at once, industries in which millions of people make their livings have slowed down or halted. Here is the film critic Karen Krasanovich on Tuesday's briefing. The film industry is generally like a circus. I mean, once you get sucked into it, you kind of uh, don't come back out. But yes, of course, some people will find other ways of making a living. I know that people have gone off and moved and gone to become artists or anything like that. But But these people are, they're technical creatives, and that's uh, sometimes a quite a difficult fit. So I know that there are some people that are driving forklifts right now to try and sort of make ends meet. So we learned that if you're more fortunate than most, now is an outstandingly good time to spend money on that local business you treasure or subscribe to that media outlet which you'll be relying on to keep you abreast of whatever lies ahead. But we learned and will hopefully learn to better appreciate that any virus which likes its chances will have to contend with some of the world's cleverer people. One of them, Cambridge University virologist Dr Chris Smith, talked on Thursday's Globalist and Briefing about the race for a vaccine. Well, the way in which this is approached is, first of all, you've got to understand, well, what does a vaccine do? A vaccine educates the body's immune system so it can recognise something, and that way it produces all of the things the immune system would produce during a natural infection, but they're pre-made and ready to go before you encounter the thing for real, so that when you do encounter the thing for real, there isn't this catch-up by the immune system while the disease runs amok. We also learned that one of the many things which may end up being briskly rethought is Brexit, which you might recall being all the rage just a few weeks back. The UK has until June to seek an extension to its present transition period. Prime Minister Boris Johnson has hitherto suggested that nothing could be less thinkable. This week, however... And you had another question. What was it about? Another subject. What was it? It's a subject that's been banished. Uh, it's been done. 
it's, I think it's a, not a subject that's being regularly discussed, I can tell you, in, in, in Downing Street at the moment. And uh, we're getting on with, you know, there, there are legisl there's legislation in place that uh, I have no intention uh, of changing. The phrase, no intention, is key, one of the most recognisable get-out clauses in politics. There was a time when Boris Johnson would say much the same about the prospect of seeking to lead his country. I've got as much chance of being leader as that beagle has of finding Elvis Presley on Mars. Well, they said you was Actually, we learned that lots of things, really almost everything, has been postponed for the foreseeable, but the inevitable cancellation of the Eurovision Song Contest felt, in the circumstances, an especially bitter blow. This is obviously nothing to do with the quality of the music usually furnished by the pan-continental warbling tournament, because there usually is no quality. But, like few other institutions, Eurovision seems to represent what we're going to have to learn to live without for a while. Something silly and joyous and harmless, and as much fun, indeed some of us would argue more so, to deride as appreciate. Here is Monocle's indefatigable, unbowed and resolute Eurovision desk chief, Fernando Augusto Pacheco, on Thursday's briefing. First time in 64 years that the event's not happening. It, it, it's remarkable. Uh, I, I believe the event will remain in Rotterdam next year. Mm -hmm. They decided to cancel. So because there was a talk that it would be an event without an audience, I don't think they wanted that. Mm -hmm. uh, so we don't know if the acts from this year will, will, will go ahead for next year. There's still lots to be discussed. But we learned that we will not be left to struggle along entirely without fatuously sentimental lyrics sung badly to nursery rhyme melodies. For we also learned that there is no historical moment so grave that a bunch of sanctimonious poseurs from the dressing up and pretending trade won't assume that what we really want now is a mawkish rendition of the worst song ever written. If you try No hell below us Above us only sky Imagine all the And no, I won't be naming any of them. It's what they want. For today. Yeah. And we, at least, we fretful sports fans wondering how we're going to fill days or weeks of confinement, learned that at least one sport is willing to call play on. As almost everything else went into hibernation, the Australian Football League, the top flight competition of Australian rules football, started its 2020 season as scheduled. Okay, let's have a little listen to this because this is something we've never seen before in football and experience as much of the atmosphere here as we can. The Blues about to run out onto the hallowed turf, the MCG. As we mentioned, there's no banner, there's no cheer squad and there are no fans. The games have been shortened and the stadium's locked. But it's there, for the moment at least, and there will never be a better time to get into what one Australian Prime Minister, Sir Robert Menzies, correctly described as the greatest winter game devised by mortal man. This segment takes seriously its role as an impartial servant of the truth and would never so much as dream as influencing any listener vis-à-vis -vis which Australian rules team they should support. And now, some music. For Monocle 24, I'm Andrew Moore. We are Geelong, the greatest team of all. We are Geelong, we're always on the ball. We play the game.
Coronavirus has been taking its toll on the music industry. Festivals like Coachella or Glastonbury have had to cancel or postpone this year's edition in light of the pandemic. In Portugal, record labels and artists have united to create a packed music festival from the comfort of their and your own home. Monaco's Carlota Rebello has more on this story. With many concerts and music festivals being cancelled around the world, a new initiative in Portugal aims to ensure we are still able to experience live music with a twist. Called the I Stay at Home Music Festival, or Eu Fico em Casa Festival in Portuguese, it brings together 78 artists who will perform 30-minute concerts from their own homes as the artists themselves go into self-isolation. The performances will be live on the artist's Instagram profiles from 5pm to midnight each day until this Sunday, the 22nd of March. It's a move that brings together record labels, music distributors and the artists themselves to raise awareness for the need to practice social distancing. Like many countries, Portugal declared a state of emergency on Wednesday. But it's initiatives like this that will ensure people remain connected and keep a positive mindset throughout the crisis. It is now time for today's column. Monocle's America's editor-at-large, Ed Stoker, brings us a dispatch from New York City as people remain indoors during this outbreak. On Wednesday, I cycled from Brooklyn into Manhattan. Now, in normal circumstances, that may seem like a banal thing. But in this strange new world we inhabit, it felt like a momentous and rather freeing occasion after days holed up in my apartment working from the kitchen table. I needed to grab audio equipment from the office so that I could turn my house into a temporary home radio studio. The city felt like everyone had left for a long weekend, a particularly sleepy Sunday. Broadway, the Big Apple's main shopping thoroughfare, whose pavements are normally packed, was practically empty. One of the new normals of COVID-19 is that a large segment of the city has been confronted with new working conditions, including trying to adjust to a different routine and also possibly with a partner at home trying to do the same. But it's also changed email interactions, including both journalist pitches and the way PR companies are choosing to tailor their information. In recent days, for example, I've learnt that the Santarina Hotel in Las Catalinas, Costa Rica, has introduced a germ butler to immediately wipe down suitcases and passports, as well as guiding guests to the bathroom to wash their hands. Beyond that, perhaps the most heartening messages have been the simple ones. How are you doing? What sort of emails would be useful to you during this strange period? Do you even want to hear from us or should we hold off for now? It sounds like a small thing, but it's a slice of virtual humanity in tough times. If we're all kinder and more considerate when this is all over, it won't have all been in vain. 
My thanks to Monocle's Ed Stocker. Then, elsewhere on today's agenda, intent on proving that the virus outbreak will not get in the way of its maximum pressure campaign on Iran. The US has been busy blacklisting international companies over trading oil with the state. Nine entities, including several companies in China and South Africa, were sanctioned earlier this week. Yet the US campaign not only increases suffering, but could be counterproductive as it's only going to hurt the Iranian economy when they are already in desperate need of funds to fight coronavirus. While China has begun a campaign to shower Europe with aid, government officials have moved simultaneously to expel another dozen US journalists in an escalating tit-for-tat. The support, which includes 2 million surgical masks, 200,000 face masks and 50,000 testing kits for the EU, is an obvious move to present a friendly face to the world stage. And while any help is welcome during times of crisis and China deserves more praise for its response, to the virus, we should remember that all nations must remain subject to criticism. The dismantlement of a robust press is not a healthy path to take. And the Trump administration this week invoked a wartime provision to mandate companies to fill supply shortages, prompting an offer from Elon Musk at Tesla to make ventilators. But many international companies have stepped into the void without government pressure. Japan's Maruyama Towel, for example, is producing and selling masks and giving 10,000 to school children. In Spain, Zara owner Inditex says it plans to make hospital gowns as nearly half of its stores around the world are closed. Despite an urgent need for government aid to stay afloat, it's good to see businesses of various sizes doing their part. Read more about today's stories by subscribing to our daily email bulletin at our website. I am Markus Hippi. The Monocle Minute returns on Monday.